Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. And we have to go a little bit early. Normally, hour number two is when we uh, say hello to Vince Ferrara, who joins us for Vince's Views on Tuesdays. But since he's got a 431st pitch, um, well, we thought we would just get the ball rolling a little bit early. So joining us from Lindsey Nelson Stadium is Vince Ferrara. His hour brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. Vince, how are you? I am good, gentlemen. Hope you guys are doing well. It's quarter hour number two of the show. That's right. <laughs> quarter hour number two. Well done. That's well done. And uh, and so Tennessee, like last week, it's got the midweek series. Charleston Southern in for two. What can you tell us about the Buccaneers? Yeah. Uh, we talking Tampa Bay in the draft? Or <laughs> no, we're talking Charleston Southern. Uh, three and four, on really light offensively, 227 team average. They've Struggled a little bit on the mound in their start, six two three ERA. So um, they're they're at least playing. They have played some good competition. They uh, have already played at Florida. So um, you know, just like a, a lot of of teams in the mid majors in baseball, they have a diverse roster of players from all over the place, including their home state. But uh, but yeah, it's a game that Tennessee is open to separate in early. Obviously, we get to see the debut of Maui Ona at shortstop and get a lot of guys some playing time. I don't know if number two is leaving shortstop tonight at all. I mean, I know you want to get Austin Jaslov some uh, some time too, but, man, as much as he's been uh, waiting to, to get into the lineup, uh, Tony Vitello might leave him and replace everybody else and let him get to the finish line. It, it'll be fun. It'll be a different sort of – midweek energy here at Lindsey Nelson. Oh, by the way, it's Chamber of Commerce weather today. My goodness, uh, we are uh, we are deserving of this that we've got today. Absolutely gorgeous here at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So uh, it, it'll be fun. It's a take care of your business and get guys playing time uh, opportunity for Tennessee first of two here in the midweek. Vince, don't be surprised if Josh Lowe's ends up in the DH position. That's a good point. Yeah, he swung the bat well and really taken advantage of his opportunity. I mean, the average isn't isn't there necessarily, but he is he's earned playing time and the way mm-hmm. he's handled himself. And Tony Vitello has, has mentioned it a number of times how great Maui Auna, uh handled the time he was waiting for him for uh, to be eligible uh, by the NCAA after initially shedding some tears. And so he was Austin Jazzle, they call him Jazzy, his biggest fan while he was in there. And that really helped Jazzle, I think, really relax. Was a good defender anyway, but uh, I think he handled him, himself beautifully. And, and Ona certainly helped with that. What are your thoughts on the news from the NCAA office, uh, which um, I think I said earlier something different at Indianapolis? Uh, regarding the show calls for the former four former Tennessee football staff members and then still having to go before the committee on infractions, Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Ansley, and two other former staff members. 
it's really interesting, and as you guys have probably talked about, there's a lot of tentacles to this. It's no surprise that those those parties that were involved, that they were hit fairly hard because of their involvement, and they were clearly the hands-on portion of, of what a lot of what they were doing. And, um, and then, obviously, some of them have admitted to wrongdoing as well. So um, it, there, there are some big, big pieces, puzzle pieces still to be figured out. The fact that Tennessee hasn't gotten a decision done uh, is, is interesting and makes you wonder whether there still could be some more punishment coming from the NCAA in addition to everything Tennessee has done. I think Tennessee has certainly helped itself in how cooperative they've been, the action they took on those staff members and removing them and all parties involved initially, but they still haven't come to a conclusion with these negotiations. So, um, you know, TBD there, and then obviously Jeremy Pruitt still uh, unresolved too. Who knows what comes from that? But um, it it is it it's still a cloud that hangs over the program, even though there was the assumption that Tennessee was pretty much past it. Well, and as I had been told throughout the process, all parties had to agree before there's a resolution, and Tennessee is fighting the lack of institutional control charge and also the potential of additional penalties for scholarship reduction. So those are the reasons that Tennessee is going to go before the Committee on Infractions. And I almost find it comical, Vince, I kept saying this, when people were saying, was Alabama going to hire Jeremy Pruitt as defensive coordinator? No. They could, they, there's no way they could hire him. He's, he's sitting there facing a show calls, which may be as much as 10 years. So uh, I, I just thought people are not paying attention if they think that Nick Saban's going to hire Jeremy Pruitt. Well, it, some of that, Jimmy, was just, hey, let's put together a hot board list to get some clicks. So we'll put Jeremy Pruitt on there. Eh, maybe it doesn't work out with the NCAA. <laughs> maybe that's not realistic. But, I mean, where else are you going to put together – a hot list for offensive and defensive coordinators that included Derek Dooley on one side and Jeremy Pruitt on the other. I mean, you talk about <laughs> wanting to get some clicks. There you go. Is that a hot list or a hot mess? <laughs> uh, both. C, all of the above. Actually, there may be a C that will leave blank and yeah. go with D, all the above. Yeah, and blank being, of course, words you can't say on the radio. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get a call from Jim. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Two words. Hot mess. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, I have been a Major League Baseball fan for most of my life, but for the last number of years, my interest has kind of waned. And I think Major League Baseball is trying to get people like me to come back and show more interest again. And they've made a number of rules changes, as you as you guys know. Pace of the game, style of the game, are are two biggies. I'm really interested in your your thoughts on what you think uh, these rule changes are. Do you like them? Are there some you like, some you don't like? Uh, do you think they're going to create more interest? I'm just I'm just curious as to what you think. Um, of, of these rules changes that they've made. Jim, I was hoping you would call and ask me and us about this because uh, I wanted to talk about it and certainly may have come up in, in conversation with us anyway because we talk baseball, but I, I appreciate you asking that question. I love it. I watch spring training games, and 
I, I think it's been beautiful. It's shaved off 23 minutes of fat off of those games. The games aren't shorter. The games just have less downtime. And I know for for some it is leave the game. You have the routines. Baseball is about more than just the action during. Uh, and And not everybody likes it. I think it's great. I think the players didn't adjust to try to keep the game moving because of their routines. I'm sorry. Athletes, a lot of people have to change their routines. And the best players are going to change their routine and be just fine. And it is going to be an adjustment. And they're going to have crazy instances like the Braves spring training game where the game ended on a call third strike because the batter wasn't in the box within with eight seconds left on the clock. You have to be uh, paying attention and dialed in to aware of a potential pitch within eight seconds. You can't stall. So I, I, I love it. It keeps the pace going. Uh, all of them in between batters, the 20 seconds with, uh, with nobody on, 15 seconds with runners on. Oh, excuse me, the other way around, 15 with nobody on and, and 20 with runners on. Um, and even the bigger bases, I thought that's the one that I would be like, whoa, I, that now you're really changing the game. Now, granted, they kind of look like pizza boxes on the field. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope Major League Baseball doesn't decide, hey, let's put a big logo on second base. Um, <laughs> but it, it does. It it shortens the distance between the bases now by a few inches. and. Mm-hmm. It actually, they, they, it's also not as elevated, the bases. It's a little bit flatter and not as slippery. I think from a safety standpoint, that's good for pitchers and anyone else hitting those bags. So I think it's great. And um, and they're, they're doing it not quite to the extent in college baseball. be interesting to see, has it really been much of a factor in the games that I've seen? John, maybe maybe you, you've seen it a little bit more. Uh, implemented in, or enforced in college, even though the, the timing of it is a little bit different. But for Major League Baseball, I love it because it's trimming a lot of the downtime, and you have to adjust to the the modern fan. And I think the old school fan will adjust over time. We'll just keep this bad boy moving. Yeah, I do John, think so. Mike, Go ahead, Jim. Mike, Mike Hargrove would have to quit, wouldn't he, John? <laughs> yes, and Julio Franco. <laughs> right. Alex Rodriguez, and we can go on a no more Garcia Paul. There you go, no more. Yeah. Heck, no more would already be in violation getting out of the dugout. <laughs> I start my left foot going up the steps, right angle towards left field. Can, can you get like three straight violations and get called out on strikes? That'd yeah. No more. Yeah. That's right. And of course, big brother to former Tennessee signee Michael Garcia Parra. There you go. Oh. It's such a small world. But anyhow, Jim, we sure do appreciate the call. We'll get a break. We've got more with Vince Ferrara. To join us, 865-656-9900. Use that number to text us or join the conversation. 865-656-9900. This is Sports Talk. Vince Ferrara and Vince's Views. More coming up on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents. We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, 
it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Sports Talk continues. I'm John Wilkerson with Jimmy Hyams, our guest Vince Ferrara. It's Vince's Views, powered by Waters Equipment Company. And Vince, one thing, uh, I agree with uh, Major League Baseball in terms of expediting the games. Uh, the one thing I wasn't crazy about was eliminating the shifts. Uh, I think yeah. that takes away strategy. So that would have been my one objection. But the other things I'm, I'm okay with. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Now, I, you're still seeing it in some of the spring training games where – uh, you just can't have three guys on one side of the infield, but teams are just basically playing, you know, their middle infielder as far over as they can without, you know, going over. And sometimes you're just playing straight up in uh, in those uh, spring training games anyway. You know, always have a read on a lot of the minor league guys. So I think you'll see some teams try to push the envelope on that as much as possible during the regular season. But but generally. I, you know, I'd like to, but look, the players didn't adjust, and that's another thing that they want to kind of keep the game moving because that would stall things also. One thing about the timing, the one strategy that I think is, is impacted is, and we see it a lot, sometimes batters would take their time when they want to break up the rhythm of a, of a pitcher that was really rolling, and that's not really going to be in play anymore. So that's going to be you know, something that hitters are going to have to try to find another way to, uh, you know, to change things up. So that that's one thing that does kind of impact a little bit of strategy that, that you know, we're, I'm aware of so far. Are there any of these new rules you would love to see at the college level? I would. The The timing isn't the same. They don't, um, they don't, uh, it's, it's not the same. I, I did the, um, the call with the uh, head of officials in the Southeastern Conference. So, uh, they they are implementing them, but it's just not the timing isn't isn't quite as stringent as it is in Major League Baseball. I don't know that we'll get to that. If so much more scoring, um, I, I don't. And and they're they're a little less uh, reactive, I think, in college to tweak rules or Major League Baseball. It's mm-hmm. you know it, they're uh, a little bit more open to taking some of those drastic measures as we've seen in college ball. So. I think if this initial timing doesn't work and emphasizing that, I would be okay with it, but I would be surprised if they go to what Major League Baseball is doing anytime soon. I'll say this. I, I just think the, uh, the shift is something that does annoy me, uh, but probably more so in situations because, Jimmy, there are games where Tennessee's leading by 10, and yet they're still throwing the shift in, and it's like, okay, um, why? <laughs> You, you really don't want this game to get out of hand, do you? <laughs> you want to knock it down. And then, and then sometimes it can be they do it against everybody. There's a shift against everybody. And it's like, okay, this particular player right now is hitting 220. Um, chances are he's going to get himself out more than you are. <laughs> so I, there are just some instances where I'm just worn out 
on a, on the over strategizing by some head coaches. And John, I w- I'm sorry, Jen, I will say this real quick to that blowout scenario you talked about. Mm-hmm. Now with the with the run rule that is in play in non-conference, some teams are are going to do it on the college level to try to keep the game alive. So that's another little element where it's where it, it is impacted. Uh, maybe the new rules of the the run rule will come into play to where it might encourage them to do that a little bit more than some would in a blowout situation. Yeah, and the run rule is conference uh, in terms of SEC, right? and if both parties agree to it, non-conference. And that is the case for Charleston Southern. That I did get com- confirmation from that. We are we do have run rule after seven innings, 10 run rule, 10 run lead after seven or through seven uh, would be the end of the of the run rule and because they've agreed to it with Charleston Southern and Tennessee. John, your dislike, is that based on what they do in college as far as the shift or Major League Baseball? Um, more college because yeah. I've just I've seen it so much more, especially last year I think was the shiftiest season <laughs> that uh, we've experienced. Yeah. Oh, those shifty rules. <laughs> yes. you got to watch out for them. Hey, Vince, give me your thoughts on uh, Tennessee's pitcher Seth Halverson and how he has responded so far coming off uh, inactive for a year. Really impressive. You, you just didn't know with missing all that time and having the setbacks last year when he was trying to come back, uh, how he would respond. But I thought he was sharp in his first outing and was lights out when I saw him on Saturday. And he's another power arm that, man, in, in a number of, many other i think teams in this league he would be a weekend starter and his stuff is on level with tennessee's weekend starters right now and um man he's a, a clearly a talented guy three pitches and good sync on his fastball and uh, i mean to overcome tommy john surgery and and everything that he had to deal with for so long after being a friday night guy uh, they had they had high hopes for him going into or when they first got him on campus and knew that he was one of those top-end arms, but really competitive, and I think he has shown that with his toughness when he's gotten those opportunities, uh, the couple this year so far. So, I mean, that guy could, uh, who knows? You you hope you don't have to get into the well of needing him on a weekend, but um, if injuries happen, but it it just an embarrassment of riches with the starters. Now, they have to work him up to get to, starting type of innings but i think eventually he will get to that point where that will be an option if they need somebody either for midweek or long relief on the weekends or even a spot start if somebody goes down that's vince ferrara with jimmy hyams i'm john wilkerson we'll get a break and be back with a final segment to this first hour of sports talk as you listen to 99.1 the sports animal final segment to this first hour of sports talk our guest vince ferrara as we're making our ways, finding all of Vince's views, his uh, hour brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. And Vince, it's the uh, the combine going on now, and we've seen a lot of guys update their mock drafts. Uh, what's the latest you've seen in terms of things that have caught your eye? Well, one of them is that Lance Zerline from NFL.com, he actually has uh, Jalen Hyatt. 12 to the Houston Texans. I think that's the highest I've seen any Tennessee players. And certainly uh, for a lot of them, you see Jalen Hyatt the highest, although I think it was Daniel Jeremiah that actually has Darnell Wright 
first and then Jalen Hyatt. So 12 is kind of the peak that I've seen for Jalen Hyatt. And it is, it, it's pretty, it's pretty much all over the place. Daniel Jeremiah, for a guy that gives VFL great and friend of the sports animal Charles Davis a lot of grief for being from the University of, of, uh, of Tennessee and him being a, uh, an app state guy, he gives, he gives, Charles Davis all kinds of grief he has in the past but now that Tennessee has some outstanding players and draft prospects that he really likes not not as much of that getting after uh, Charles Davis but man um, he thinks that Hendon Hooker if healthy would have been a first round pick uh, he said that in an interview and then he has two Vols Darnell Wright and Jalen Hyatt in the first round you know, I was thinking about it. I was watching the coverage today. I love this stuff. I, you know, I've said it a bunch of times to you guys and, and on shows that the draft is, is so awesome to me because it's two of the greatest things in sports, college football and the NFL, and those worlds collide and combine and overlap. That's why it's so enjoyable to me. And it's not the be-all, end-all. I get it all, but – man you learn and then it's it's a process and you kind of see who's moving the needle and who doesn't and especially when Tennessee has a lot more players involved it is more fun to follow not only the Tennessee players but what other people are doing because if another wide receiver is making noise and maybe that impacts the draft potential of a Jalen Hyatt or a Cedric Tillman and you keep an eye on the quarterbacks and you know all the nonsense they say about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and you're like Hendon Hooker is going to outperform those guys in the NFL. And here's the thing. I'll warn people about the combine. I love it. I've, I've talked it up. But I will warn people that you're for there's plenty of us that don't buy into the Will Levis high first round uh, stuff. Um, but this is going to be a setting where he and Anthony Richardson – in their underwear are going to wow the NFL scouts. And this is a setting for them outside of the production on the field, which is their biggest question mark. This is where people are going to buy into them even more. And they're going to love how many, how many videos did we see of Will Levis throwing versus air? People are like, wow, this is why he's so special. And uh, in that voice, thank you, John Wilkins, because exactly. I know that's where you're thinking. <laughs> And, uh, and and so now we're going to see a whole bunch of that. And everyone's going to fall in love with him even more. And they're going to look at the height of, of Bryce Young and talk him down. And uh, it's going to go the wrong direction from what we saw in college and what we believe in. So that that's going to happen. That will be a frustrating part of this week. But there's some opportunities there for those Tennessee guys having seven of them there. And I, I tweeted the schedule of when you can see each of those guys on the field on my uh, Twitter handle, at Vince Sports. You can check that out and see each of the days. It starts Thursday and uh, four days of on-field workouts. Uh, really cool. I enjoy it. And a lot of Tennessee guys involved. There's somebody every day, so check it out. And, uh, of course, we invite you to join the program, 865-656-9900. Use that number to text or call the program, 865-656-9900. Vince, what do you think of one projection? It came from Mel Kuyper that Darnell Wright would be the 16th pick of the first round. I I don't have a problem with that. I think that's where I've seen him in in some of those mocks. 16 is the Washington Commanders, if I remember correctly. 
Uh, I've seen them 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've seen them to Kansas City in the first round. And there's there's no shortage of teams that, that need tackle help. Um, Green Bay Packers. I mean, you just go on. Uh, Packers are at 15. There's, there's plenty of them. Tampa Bay at 19. There's a lot of different directions they can go. So I think, uh, you know, offensive linemen, unless there's something – if you go run a crazy time and show athleticism that maybe didn't people didn't expect, or unless you have maybe an inordinately low bench press total, it's harder for the offensive linemen to make a move in these combines. It's a little bit more about the speed and agility to really catch people's attention. But uh, I think I think with what Darnell Wright did Senior Bowl week. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that he has moved up, especially for those that aren't just trying to put two and two together, but are actually talking to teams and um, really, you know, have some sources to where they think they're going to go rather than just this guy fits a need. So I'll, I'll just plug him in the, into this spot. And it's a long week at the, at the combine. I mean, some of these guys, the first two groups, they start full days, three full days before their on-field workouts with all of the measurables and the medical and the team interviews and stuff. And then the last two groups, the ones that go Saturday and Sunday, which includes the wide receivers, they have four full days of non-football activity or non-on-field stuff before they finally get to that. So, man, it's a, it's a heavy load for those guys to uh to do so much this week it's a grind for him but man it's a great opera opportunity for some of those guys thought you might get a kick out of mel kiper he said that he would take uh bryce young as the number one pick of the draft if he weighed at least 195 pounds but if he weighs less than 195 pounds for example 194 pounds <laughs> he would take will levis with the number one pick and that if levis hadn't gotten beat up and hadn't lost his receivers he would have had a much better year. So I really like the way Kuiper broke that one down. Yeah, sounds like excuses for Will Levis is what that sounds like, <laughs> which unfortunately you hear from some guys. Oh, he didn't have enough talent around him, and he was banged up, and you know, you, you look what he did two years ago. Well, it, it's, it's not just the stats for him, and look, the stats were really mediocre at best. And – it's the decision-making yep. for him. Like, people just overlook that. <laughs> it's a monster part of the position. And you know what? Great players make people around them better. I don't think he did that. So uh, this he's a warrior, the intangibles, all that kind of stuff. I've heard it from big power arm guys before. Some work out, some don't. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the production has meaning to me on the college level. Not everyone that produces in college is going to be great in the NFL. I'm not saying that. But, man, guys that don't produce in college, to suddenly do it in the NFL, there's a lower percentage of that than the other way around. That's Vince Ferrara. Again, the hour brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. More with Vince coming up. One more segment as that to start hour number two of the program as you listen to 99.1, the sports animal. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. 
Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hour number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. It's our final segment with Vince Ferrara. Vince about ready to have the call on UTSports.com, the UT Game Day app, the Learfield Varsity app uh, for Tennessee and Charleston Southern. And before we get right back to the phones, Vince, uh, we can throw you this question, and we've talked about it some, but uh, in all your conversations with Tennessee players, Frank is asking the question, how many Tennessee basketball players might come back to take advantage of a COVID year? Well, the fact that Josiah Jordan-James has said that he hasn't ruled that out, I think that's a positive. The only one I think that is definitely out of eligibility is Tyreek Key. Mm-hmm. I would I would probably be surprised at if Santiago Vescovi comes back. I think everybody else is in play, and then it's just a matter of their – individual decision i have i have talked to a lot of players but honestly there's been so much going on this year and guys in and out of the the lineup um i I haven't steered questioning towards that like if it was a little bit more relaxed and there wasn't as much uh you know with guys in and out of the lineup i you know i'd probably go there and and uh, ask them but i I honestly have not so those guys are going to tell you that they're going to wait till after the season before making those those decisions so i think everybody's in play um except for key obviously and and like i said i i, I would kind of expect even though he hasn't told me that 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 maybe vescovy would want to get going with his uh, with his pro career let's get a call from jacob you're on sports talk hello jacob hey guys hey is jimmy on right now yes Hey, uh, Jimmy, I just wanted to tell you uh, congratulations on uh, your retirement announcement. Uh, throughout the years, I've enjoyed uh, interacting with you and talking to you. And I'm over right now on the ping pong table. But, my friend, if I see you again, I'm going to get you one day. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Jacob, I appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll catch each other sometime at the, uh, uh, gosh, the – Game on against Game cancer. On against cancer. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy okay. hasn't right. retired from kicking kicking people's butt in public. So, <laughs> right. Right. challenge hey, uh, accepted. There we go. There we go. Anytime. Hey, Vince, uh, if you look at the Titans and, and the draft coming up, mm-hmm. obviously you got a new GM in town. Uh, they released Lawan. Uh, they released Robert Woods. And the big question mark is at quarterback: Do they still feel good about Tannehill? Or do they look to go uh, the youth movement and draft another quarterback? What do you think they do? What do you think their biggest needs in the draft are besides quarterback? Uh, just just run run down the Titans. What do you think they do? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and it's one that has so many different layers to it. I think at least you have a little bit more of a known commodity in Tannehill. Yes, the price tag is big. Maybe you can you can find a way to get that down. Plus, you've invested. A draft pick, albeit not a super high one, uh, in Malik Willis, to where I, I long term they they're gonna need to fix that position, but they have so many other needs that I I would be surprised if they sell off a bunch or move make a big play to move up and sell other uh, draft picks and, and capital to uh, to get a quarterback and and do that. Uh, at least they have some options there, uh, and maybe they can bring in another veteran. So I would think that they would would want to 
address the offensive line as a top priority. Uh, certainly wide receiver, there's a huge need there that could be in, in play for that. They need tight end. Um, they're going to need to improve the linebacking core in the front seven, in my opinion. Uh, th- there's a lot of areas they can do. So I, I think quarterback needs to be changed, but they still at least have the potential option of riding with a little bit more known commodities. It may be buy yourself a year and improve the roster and then, and then uh, see what you can do after that. All right. On the way out here, I want to throw these two comparisons at you. <clears throat> I look at Jalen Hyatt, and he reminds me of uh, a young Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that their game, their route running, the way that Jackson used to accelerate away from defenders is, is exactly what I see, what I've seen from Hyatt these past few years. And I think Hendon uh, um, Hooker's game, to me, his throwing motion, his even his decision making, really patterns itself to me at least uh, after Randall Cunningham. I'll hop off here and listen to you guys. What do you, what do you think about those comparisons? Appreciate it. Yeah, Jacob, appreciate the phone call. Real quick on Deshaun Jackson. I'm not sure about the comp. I know what you're saying in terms of speed, but Jalen Hyde is ta- taller than Deshaun Jackson, who is like five ten. Um, and Deshaun Jackson was more of a wiggle, run after catch, uh, juke move kind of guy, and then speed to separate. Jalen Hyatt is a little bit more of a straight line speed guy, and so I, I think it's a little bit different. Maybe he'll be able to show some more of that uh, that wiggle and change of direction at the combine. He's going to run a blazing time, and I think he's going to do a great job there, but I think they're a little bit different from that standpoint. Randall Cunningham may be a taller and lankier, so I don't know about the, the hooker comp there. By the way, on Twitter, uh, somebody uh, tweeted at me, Larry, at Vince Sports, says, Levis is going to be a better pro than he was in college. Take off your hooker glasses. So I assume Larry's a Kentucky fan, not happy with uh, our uh, our takes on Will Levis from earlier, but uh, so be it. It will <laughs> – that, that's uh, – that's my opinion. I'm standing by it. I'm not alone, and there's plenty of others that feel like Larry that he's going to be great. So we'll see it play out. And while we're talking about the draft, as, of course, everybody is convening in uh, Indianapolis for the Combine, Bengals GM Duke Tobin, he was asked about the prospect of trading T. Higgins, who was in the last year of his rookie deal, and he's now in the window where you can extend him. Here's what he had to say. Trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. If you want a receiver, go find your own. <laughs> <laughs> Hands off. Not I like it. that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. Uh, what do you think, Vince, about spring practice? I asked Ben Hoob just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, what do you think, uh, name-wise, if they're healthy, might be some people that had been talked about a lot yet think it'd be really, you know, maybe maybe pretty darn good? We'll want to see what some of those young wide receivers look like in year two in Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod. Uh, they've got an opportunity. It's not the biggest in terms of numbers of wide receivers, but, man, they're going to have to fight for their spots because you, right. have, you have Brew McCoy coming back, Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White. And then you add Dante Thornton to it. You bring in three freshmen and Laycock, Selden, and Spillman. So they're kind of looking around. Uh, there's guys in on both directions. Uh, they have both of them have 
big time talent. Both were track guys, freak athleticism, good size. They're both six three. So I'm curious to get my eyes on those guys. And then in the secondary, you got to have people making a move and jumping on the opportunity with all of the DBs they had, the Christian Harrisons, the Cameron Millers. Uh, some of those guys, Jordan Thomas, who did a great job on special teams. Some of those young players that really didn't get a uh, a ton of look on uh, on defense, uh, you know, taking that next step up. Desandre Turrentine, a transfer from Ohio State last year that really didn't play a ton other than special teams. Will will he develop into the four star that he originally was? So those are just a couple. There's more of them. Uh, you know, Josephs uh, and Pierce, the uh, outside rushers at that Leo spot. Um, but but those would be a couple, and everybody's going to be watching Nico Yamaliava as well. So th- those are a few for you, Steve. Right. Well, let me ask you about the Henning boys. Have they gained much weight? I know the obviously one was our last season, and and then the one that was a senior this season in high school. But how yeah. much weight roundabout do you think they they might be carrying? In- practice well they uh, elijah as a freshman was listed at 622 27 we i haven't seen him this offseason but when we get the roster and we see him out there we'll be able to tell i imagine he's going to bulk up some um and i would be surprised if he's not in a 235 to 240 range of good weight caleb came in he's he's bigger he's different because he's an edge guy versus a inside linebacker Right. He's six five two fifteen when he was announced as a signee to Tennessee. I'm guessing he'll probably you know add a little bit of weight when we get the official roster uh, when uh, when we get to spring practice, which is not that far away. Which of course will be uh, great for you, Steve. I know you can't wait. <laughs> I tell you what, guys. No surprise to you. My whole life revolves around UT football. <laughs> And I just can't help it. And there are lots and lots of people that y'all know that are like me that way. Their life uh, revolves around. I can safely say, Steve, I know nobody exactly <laughs> like you. Be That's you, what makes you unique. Yep. <laughs> well. We sure do appreciate you, though. Uh, that is very flattering. Steve, thank you so much. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. As intended. <laughs> very much so. Vince, uh, getting closer and closer to your first pitch. So uh, any final thoughts, anything that you wanted to touch on before we uh, bid a fond farewell? Yeah, UT basketball, man, what a what a tough week. And how do they respond to that blowout now, getting the compliments and feeling good? Who's available? Is this the return of Julian Phillips? How long is Tyreek Key? Last yesterday we heard it was day-to-day. Um, anxious to maybe get a game in before the end of the regular season where we see all the parts there and see how they play. Uh, responding to losses, responding to wins, this team still got a lot to prove in terms of consistency. So, um, man, Arkansas can really, really score. So it'll be the great defense of Tennessee against the prolific offense with Nick Smith back and all those guys that can really score. But Arkansas is not defended very well. I think if Tennessee's offense is successful, there's a little bit more consistency there. Uh, against uh, Arkansas's defense. So I would expect Tennessee to win uh, tonight. And then, man, it's going to be tough. Bruce Pearl's going to be ready. They're, they're desperate at Auburn. And, uh, and Saturday's going to be tough. But I, I, I think late night at Thompson Bowling Arena, maybe they'll have some coffee for us. And, uh, and it'll be uh, fun tonight for senior night. And a lot of those guys, man, have done so much for Tennessee. So hopefully fans will show their respect for them. Good afternoon, Tennessee. 
I bet they will. And uh, certainly can't wait to see what happens. Two huge games, as you mentioned. Both are going to be significant challenges. Have a great call. Enjoy seeing Maui take the field. And Vince, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of the afternoon. Thank you. Vince Ferrara joining us for Vince's Views, powered by Waters Equipment Company. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship. Subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.